Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Everything is Trump. I don't want to talk about Trump if I can help it. So I'm not going to start with Trump tonight, though I'm going to get into him for a little while because it's inevitable. You must talk about Trump. But that's all we hear about in the news. And there are other things happening in the world. So let me talk about some of these things, share them with you. Some are mundane. They mean nothing, but it's interesting to know about them. Others are important. Today is summer solstice. Do you know what summer solstice means? It's the longest day of the year. The sun is highest in the sky today. Again, today is the longest day of the year, summer solstice. The sun is highest in the sky, which meant tonight here in Key West, you people or people who were here could go sit on the beach a little bit longer, maybe till 830, uh, enjoying the sun. And unusual day. Won't be this long again for at least six months. Let's talk about Father's Day. Father's Day just passed this past Sunday. Important day, like Mother's Day. We fathers, we like to be recognized and acknowledged. It's just the way it is. Nothing better than having your children say, hey, Dad, happy Father's Day, and your grandchildren saying, Papa, happy Father's Day, with a big hug and kiss. The origin of Father's Day, this is what's interesting, and this is what I want to share with you. During the Middle Ages, yes, European Catholics in the Middle Ages Uh, And when they came here, these European Catholics, at the turn of the century, I'm talking about the 20th century, 1900 or so, uh, they brought with them the holiday of Father's Day. Now, uh, the celebration was originally on June 19th, going back in the Middle Ages. Whatever June 19th was, that was Father's Day because it was St. Joseph's Day. Now, St. Joseph's Day was known as Father's Day because St. Joseph was the father of Jesus Christ. When the immigrants came over, the European Catholics, they wanted to establish Father's Day as a holiday here in the United States. Well, they they started in 1908 trying to do that, and they got a hell of a fight from the United States Congress. They were opposed to a Father's Day as a national holiday, because they feared it would commercialize the day. Would you believe this? Apparently, back then, commercialization of certain days uh, was a no-no. Uh, you remember, you had, what was it, Blue Sundays or something? You couldn't sell things on Sunday. Uh, today, it would fly easily, but back then, no-no. And Congress fought it all the time. Certain presidents pushed Father's Day big time. Woodrow Wilson, Calvin Coolidge, Even Lyndon Johnson could not get a bill passed that came to his desk to sign. The successful president was Richard Nixon. A bill came to his desk, and he signed it into law, making the third Sunday in June every year a national holiday known as Father's Day. I want to talk about Abraham Lincoln a little bit here. And a house divided. It was 1858. Lincoln was running for the United States Senate uh, for the state of Illinois. 
running against him was, what the hell was his name? Uh, excuse the way I say it. Uh, Stephen Douglas. I'm at the block there for a moment. Uh, Douglas beat uh, Abraham Lincoln in the run for the Senate. But two years later, when Lincoln ran for president in 1860, he beat Stephen Douglas for the presidency of the United States. In a debate during the Senate race in 1858, Lincoln warned America, that America was becoming a, quote, house divided. And he warned, and I quote again, a house divided against itself cannot stand. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Now, we are a house divided today in this country. We are. I mean, it's like, you know, you had, the, you had the, the southern states and the northern states. One supported slavery, one did not. We've got the Republicans and Democrats today. We just don't think alike on either side of the aisle. And we are a house divided. No one can argue the point with me. And I fear if this keeps up, we won't stand. It's going to take a while longer, but we're getting at each other's throats more and more every year can't operate a government like this, cannot sustain yourself as a nation, as a country like this. North Korea. This Kim Jong-un, boy, he's some ball player, isn't he? Wow. Uh, I want to talk about him and Otto Warmeyer. Otto being the 22-year-old who was a prisoner for 17 months uh, in North Korea and who was recently returned home last week in a coma, and died in a coma one or two days ago uh, from extensive brain damage. Never re- never, never re- came back again. Uh, terrible. Now, when he, at the age of 22, was on some sort of a, a college or student trip to North uh, Korea, he apparently wanted to take a poster off a wall in a hotel that advertised the government of uh, Kim Jong-un, and he got arrested for doing it. Uh, hell, I can remember one of my roommates in college took a stop sign and hung it on the wall. Uh, I said, we're going to get arrested. They're going to say, no, it was you. Nobody ever bothered us near this nice big red stop sign. Anyhow, uh, he, he got 15 years in jail, and apparently he was beaten up by the North Koreans and sustained extensive brain damage and came home a came home in a coma. Now, Trump, let's put this all in perspective. Just last month in the month of May, Donald Trump said he would be honored to meet, okay, with the North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. He would be honored of course, today he's talking a different tune. What should Trump do now because an American citizen has been treated as Otto was and sustained severe brain damage, been in a coma for quite a while, comes home and dies within a week, all right? Uh, what are you going to do? What's, what's his position going to be? Uh, do you tolerate this or do you retaliate? Now, I think you have to retaliate. I'm the one who says I fear Trump's going to get us in a war, and I still fear that, but maybe an inadvertent circumstance such as this is going to get us into a war. Because, 
and, and I'm confused when I say this, but I know what I'm saying. I think we have to put our foot down here with this guy uh, and say you can't do that. He's got three more Americans that are there for long time jail terms. And we've got to do this. It's very simple. This is what I would do. And maybe that's why I'm not president. I would immediately wipe out, I would bomb, I will missile bomb their three most important military installations. And I would give them a message at the same time. You release the other three Americans and you do not retaliate, neither against us, South Korea, Japan, or anyone else. Because if you do, immediately we're going to wipe out the next three largest military bases you have. And... Maybe Kim Jong Young is going to say screw you the first time, maybe the second time, but he's got to learn because he can't retaliate. His missiles don't go beyond the water right now. They can't hit South Korea, uh, but he knows he's going to get blasted by us if he does more than military bases. Uh, it's going to be pretty heavy, and I just think it has to be dealt with that way. We're Americans. We are not safe to go anywhere in the world, and we're not protected if we get arrested or something. Our government cannot help us. Uh, I say you hit them hard and you hit them quick for this. Many of you may not agree with me, and I'm the one that keeps arguing, we don't want war, this is terrible, etc. But sometimes circumstances mandate that you have to take uh, a firm step. And look, look what happened. Japan was going to fight us to the death and protect their islands. Uh, Truman dropped one atomic bomb on. They didn't do it. Two or three days later, he dropped another one. That did it, and they surrendered unconditionally. All right, I want to talk about a sex offender now. His name is Packingham, Lester Packingham. Lester Packingham lives in North Carolina, and he's a sex offender, convicted sex offender with all the rules that go with it. you got to register where you're living and all this sort of stuff. Now, he also likes the social media. In 2008, North Carolina passed a law, okay, that said any registered, any registered sex offender is banned from using the social media, okay, like Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Peckingham uh, he was in a bit of a quandary. He set up a Facebook account back in those days. It took him this long to get to the Supreme Court under a false name. And he posted a message, and here was his message, that praised God for the dismissal of a traffic ticket, that praised God for the dismissal of a traffic ticket. Well, he was arrested and convicted under the North Carolina law. The case was before the United States Supreme Court. The United States Supreme Court rendered its decision yesterday, and they said, no way, Jose, uh, you can't arrest the guy for using social media. That violates his right to free speech. By the way, the trend of the decision seems to indicate even if he was talking sex on social media, he could not be barred. And this was a unanimous decision, by the way. Justice Kennedy wrote the, the, the primary decision. There, were, there was uh, concurrent decisions that didn't quite agree with Kennedy, but Kennedy's decision ruled. And he said, you cannot ban 
You cannot ban people from using the social media because uh, because because the vast realms of human thought and knowledge, okay, provided by social media, uh, it's one of the most powerful mechanisms available to a private citizen to make his or her voice heard, which means even one convicted as a sex offender screwing around with a minor uh, still maintains his right of free speech, even though he's got to register, he's got to do this and that, to speak and to speak on the social media. And, you know, just everything's acceptable out there on the Internet. And I hope they never change it. It's it's the greatest thing I've seen in my life. Uh, free thought. Uh, you learn a lot. There's a lot of garbage in there, but you can sift through it, and you learn a lot, and it's just wonderful. But we're protecting now the sex offender on the social media who could tell dirty stories and make pitches, but we're not pr- protecting him uh, as to where he lives because the law is already established that you got to register. Uh, a very screwy decision the Supreme Court came down with. I don't agree with it. You may or you may not. Okay, now we're going to sort of get into a periphery uh, to Trump. Not quite, though. Facebook. I love Facebook, and I'm sure most of you do also. How can I be nine? They're just telling me i got 90 seconds left on the show, and it's only 8.15. Well, what can I tell you? I The shooting, baseball, the Republicans practicing for the game against the Democrats, I do not understand. They were shedding crocodile tears for two days, and I thought it was hypocrisy, and I'll tell you why. All right? There were 20 children killed at Sandy Hook. 49 people killed in the nightclub. Nine people uh, killed at church services. Gabby Giffords, a congresswoman, shot in the head. I didn't see any tears then or swelling up or choking on their words. So I think I think it's bullshit. I'm going to tell you right now, and they're not going to change, and the health care bill that the Senate's going to put out is proof they're not going to change. I don't know why I'm being cut off 15 minutes early, but it's been nice talking to you this week. Uh, please watch my Facebook uh, video every day. I do a couple of minutes. I talk about whatever uh, under Key West Lou. Thank you for joining me this week. I'm sorry it's only a 15-minute show. Good night.